Hello and welcome to the Approaching Schools podcast. I'm Keris Keneally and I help children's activity providers to build key business relationships with schools and nurseries without having to use cold calling or stalking. I want to help you earn a more reliable and consistent income while building your social impact and enriching children's lives with ease. So join me as I take you on a journey and let's make a positive difference together. Hello and welcome to another episode of Approaching Schools. Today I am talking all about what is most probably the number one challenge that children's activity providers tend to face when they are looking to approach their local schools or nurseries before having joined the Approaching Schools Academy. And if you don't know what the Approaching Schools Academy is, this is my CPD accredited program that will help you make sales consistently with schools and nurseries all year round. What is that number one challenge? It's how to get past the gatekeeper. Now, getting past the gatekeeper, and who is the gatekeeper, by the way? People who are exceptionally good at their jobs, the school receptionists, the office admin. These are the gatekeepers. They're very, very good at their jobs. It is literally one of their roles and responsibilities to filter out the highly valuable, useful and relevant emails and forward those on to key decision makers and essentially bin the rest. And in my experience, if your email or letter looks too generic or overly salesy or it looks like it's been sent to lots of people all at once, that is exactly what's going to land you either in the bin if it's a letter or get deleted if it is an email. But really, getting past the gatekeeper can be as simple as writing good, compelling copy that communicates the value of what you do, that talks about how you will deliver outcomes for the pupils with impact for the school or the nursery, that offers to solve a problem in some way that you can be willing to bet a number of children are probably struggling with at that school or setting. If you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know I'm a huge advocate of problem solving, of expressing the benefits of delivering high value first before asking for an investment, of showcasing relevant reviews of what you do to bring in the bandwagon effect and giving a really, really clear call to action with, you know, how many of these are available in terms of your capacity and when they need to respond to you by and also that all important follow up, which had an entire episode of its own, of course, because it is that important. So if you are following all of those five steps really diligently actually you have a much stronger position to be getting past the gatekeeper in the first place. And if you do want to find out more about those good ingredients of a great email to schools or nurseries, do have a look at my free guide, which is available for download at my website, which is www.keriskeneally.com. But in today's episode, I would love to give you a few hints, tricks and insights to help you get there a little bit faster. So 
here are five key ways that you could potentially be getting past the gatekeeper with your next campaign next term. So number one, I want you to think about personalization. And personalization doesn't just happen at the beginning of an email or a letter. Personalization really needs to start with the subject line. Now, you may have heard that across industries, if you put a person's name in the subject line, it gets better open rates. But guess what? When you are working in education and you are contacting schools or nurseries, you actually want to put the key decision maker's name. And one thing you can try is writing FAO and then the head teacher's name or FAO and then the nursery manager's name along with the title of your offer. Now there's research out there from Buzz Education that suggests this can help you get your email forwarded on by up to 84%. So who listening to this podcast would absolutely love their email to be more likely to be forwarded on by the school receptionist. We want to be making sure that we are doing our research and we're actually going on and finding out our key contacts name and personalizing our subject line. Now, don't worry if you're not sure who you should be contacting within the school or setting. Don't worry if you do have a person in mind, but you can't find out what the name is of the person with that job role. Because one thing you will always be able to find out from a school website or a nursery uh, website is the head teacher's name or the nursery manager's name. So if in doubt, you can always put that name in the subject line. Yes, it might not get dealt with by the head teacher, but it will certainly be forwarded on or it will be filtered down to whoever does need to deal with it because we can very often be dealing with different types of people within schools and we never know whether it's going to be a receptionist, a business manager, a class teacher, a subject lead, a member of the senior leadership team like the deputy head, for example. We never exactly know who within a particular school is going to be dealing with it, but we can be willing to bet we can find the head teacher's name. And in the interest of personalization and being so much more likely to get your email forwarded on by that school receptionist, you want to make sure that you are using a key contact name in the subject line. Number two, if you do know that there is a specific job role within the school that you would really, really like to reach out to, then you could potentially put FAO job title, like FAO PE lead or FAO Sendco, for example, in the subject line. Again, according to the stats, this is around 75% more likely to be forwarded on. So not as effective as putting somebody's actual name, but almost as good. Certainly better than putting no name or no job title at all. And another thing you can try is using the school's name. Now, number three is all about putting personalization in the email or letter itself. So using the school's name or using the nursery's name, personalization really helps that school receptionist to see that it really was intended for them. And it's not just a mass email. Now, BCCing emails is not going to get you very far anyway. It's a surefire way to end up in spam. But of course, the other problem with BCCing lots of groups of schools or nurseries into an email is also that you cannot personalize it. So you're either going to be wanting to send these emails one by one 
or you're perhaps going to want to be using a mail merge process so that you can personalize names, job titles, school names, nursery names, but still be able to send in quick succession without having to do them individually, but making sure the personalization is there so it at least looks like a personalized email. That's Again, that's going to go a long way in the receptionist deciding whether they think this is going to be a highly valuable, useful email or not. Because I don't know about you, I don't even have to read an email to understand whether it's meant for me or whether it's just been sent out en masse to lots and lots of different people and they don't really care who gets it or who responds. Um, I don't have to read the email to understand whether it's meant for me or not. I just have to see whether they've done enough research to find out my name or whether they've maybe used a job title or or not done anything at all. Maybe they've said to whom it may concern or dear sir or madam. I don't know about you, but I don't read any of those emails these days. And we are dealing with exceptionally busy people. So chances are head teachers and nursery managers are not taking much notice of those mass generic emails either. And school receptionists are probably just deleting them. Now, number four is all about avoiding that dreaded spam filter. Now, we know that it's notoriously much, much, much more tricky to land in the inbox of a school email address because they have very strong cybersecurity for obvious reasons. So we really need to think about what's going to give us the best chance of actually landing in the inbox so that the receptionist sees it and does forward it on. One thing we can do is we can keep our email plain text because when schools are trying to protect their servers, they're very often defaulting to opening all of their emails in plain text. And what that means is if you've sent them an HTML template with a very, very pretty format and nice colours and pictures and things, unfortunately, they may not be able to see those pictures and things unless they click a link. And guess what? Schools don't like clicking links. <laughs> um, so give yourself the best possible chance of the content of your email being easily seen and therefore more likely to be forwarded on. Keep it plain text. This is how most schools are going to be opening their emails anyway. And it keeps it nice and simple for you. But to avoid the spam filter, did you know that one of the things you really should be avoiding, especially when it's your first outreach to a school and they've not yet replied to you, you don't yet have the relationship with them, is attachments. People are always tempted to send further information on an attachment, maybe some information about their clubs, maybe some information about their packages. But the problem is that attachments are one of the things that could potentially land you in spam. Another thing that could land you in spam is having too many links. And as I mentioned, schools probably aren't going to click on your links anyway. So again, do yourself a favor, get rid of attachments and links. Make sure any key information you would like the key decision maker to read is actually in the main body of the text. Videos, again, they might have to click a link, which they don't really want to do, and that link may land you in spam. And embedding an actual video may, of course, slow it down. So you may find, again, you end up in spam. And think about the spammiest email you've ever received. What were the characteristics of it? Did it have lots of different fonts going on? Did it have lots of different color text? Uh, Did it have lots of symbols maybe in the subject line or perhaps all caps, capital letters? 
Think about the spammiest email you've ever received and think about those those spam filters and spam scoring is literally trying to detect all of those things that it typically picks up as being spam. So it stands to reason if you've got too many fonts or too many colors or you've got symbols in your subject line, you might be contributing to a higher spam score. Um, so think about this and think about trigger words. Your subject lines are much more sensitive, actually, than the main body of your email. And I always tell my Approaching Schools Academy members to err on the side of caution, even with the word free. So although I very much advocate you offer some form of free demonstration for what you do, I don't suggest you put the word free in your subject line, just in case it becomes a trigger word. There's all sorts of schools of thought out here. Some people will say that the word free in a subject line will actually get you better open rates. But the thing is, I think those people that have done that research have got people who have opted in to their lists, whereas we're sending to people that haven't potentially heard from us before because we're contacting a school business email address, then it may be that actually trigger words associated with offers and buying may also contribute to landing us in spam. So do yourself a favour and avoid all of those things that I've just mentioned to give yourself the best possible chance of landing in the inbox for your next campaign. And number five is thinking about letters because letters actually are underutilised these days. Teachers aren't getting as many letters as they're used to. They're getting far more emails. So think about a letter because when I was an art and design coordinator in a primary school, I used to open all my own mail. So even if you can't figure out from the school website who the PE lead is, who the send co is, who the music coordinator is, whoever it is that you think would be really, really interested in the offer that you have to make them, could they potentially be opening their own mail just like I was? In which case, you don't really need to worry so much about not having their name because it's going to go straight to them. And I opened all of my letters that said art and design coordinator on the front. So this is something you can try to just bypass reception completely. Or if you really want to target that head teacher with your letter, perhaps you could try marking it with private and confidential. So there's a few little tricks and hints that you can try to give yourself a better chance of A, landing in the inbox and B, having the school receptionist forward your email on or send your letter on to the person who needs to open it. Now, there are online applications out there on, on the web that you where you can actually test your spam score and figure out whether you're potentially going to be landing in spam. But ultimately, if you keep it personal, just like you're writing to a real person in one particular school, you are going to find it so much more effective for you. Because remember, we're dealing with people. People buy from people that they feel connected with. And if you can go a little bit further with your personalization, if you can really make them feel like you really meant to write to them, maybe you'll compliment them on something you've recently seen on their social media page, for example. Or even better, maybe you'll try name dropping a parent that you have a connection with, with their permission. So there's lots of things you can try to make your email or letter more personable and therefore more likely to be forwarded on to the person that you are looking to contact. So try all these things 
and see if you can get your next email or letter forwarded on by that all-important gatekeeper. And if you need some more help with any of the concepts that I've talked about in this episode, I would love for you to join me on my next free Approaching Schools Challenge, which is starting on the 24th of April, but you can register now at www.keriskeneally.co.uk. Thank you for listening to the Approaching Schools podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, do come and let me know in my free group for children's activity providers approaching schools so that I can make more content like this that you'll love. You can find me on my socials at Keris Keneally and my inbox is always open. I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes and hit subscribe on your favourite platform so you can be the first to know when a new episode is ready. Until then, chat soon.